Welcome uh, to another episode of our Authentic Conviction podcast. I'm your host, Joe Clark, and I'm here with uh, a very longtime friend of mine, Mr. Ashley Chance. And uh, in case you guys are wondering, he is a boy. Um, I'm glad you said Mr. Yeah, so it's Mr. Ashley Chance. And uh, Ashley, uh, talk about somebody I've known a very long time. Uh, we've played a lot of sports together, have a lot of life memories together, and uh, just just somebody that I have a, a great deal of respect for. So he represents a, a company called Eco Development. We're going to get into some of that today, but we're going to talk about how Ashley has, you know, really leaned on his conviction and who he is as a person uh, through his, his journey through life and really more, more specifically his professional life. So, uh, but first we need to hear from the man himself and, and uh, talk a little bit about who he is and, and a little bit more about him. Cause I think it's important for everybody to, uh, to learn, to hear that. So uh, welcome Ashley. I appreciate you being here, my man. No worries, man. I was uh, I was a little concerned when you first asked me, but then I thought I, I read the title of what we're going to be discussing. Or not read the title, but you told me, and we're going to keep it authentic, and it's going to be a discussion. And, you know, I'm honored. I appreciate it. You know, to echo your words, we have known each other for a while. Um, and we're, you know, we have played a lot of sports together. And, you know, I think you would you would agree with me that, uh, you know, that's where you can see a true character of someone mm -hmm. and their grit, their hard work. And so, yeah, it's uh, it's my pleasure to be sitting here. So thank you for the opportunity. Um, a little bit about me. Thank you again for Mr. Because there is a misconception sometimes <laughs> around that. But uh, um, born uh, in Tampa, Florida. My father uh, retired colonel in the Air Force. So my first five years of my life, I was born in Tampa, lived there for eight months. And then we moved to Germany, uh, lived in Grafenbeer for three years, back to Sumter, South Carolina, but been in Cincinnati since 1980. So this is home. This is, uh, and I've actually been in, in Mason, Ohio since 1980. So it's kind of, it's kind of funny to see the transition that that city has, has went through. Um, I'm fortunate to be married to my best friend, uh, Beth. We have be three beautiful kids, Samantha, Austin, and Avery, uh, sixth, fourth, and first grade. So we're in the throes of a lot of a uh, lot of activities, um, and I have a dog Lucy who is I might you know it's one of the we talked about it the other day I think on the phone is like the unconditional love of a dog is is really cool and so I think that uh, so that's who I am um, as you mentioned I have a company called Eco Development uh, we really have three verticals inside there. Um, energy management, recycling, and logistics. And then um, underneath the Eco brand, we also have Eco Investments, which is a real estate play, um, Eco Logistics, which is our logistics, um, and Eco Partner Solutions, which is uh, really cool. We just launched that. Perfect timing in February of last year. So we launched a, uh, it's more of a consulting side on the sustainability front. So mm -hmm. yeah, it's exciting, but it's all underneath that, uh, underneath the, um, the Eco brand. Yep. And you, you grew up locally here and we talk about, um, Dave Goodwin, he said it really nicely, you know, all of your, your life lessons, your, your, your background, your history, the people that wrap their arms around you collectively kind of create this tapestry that, that becomes your own, you know, and who you are. But, you know, for you, uh, we used to, we used to jokingly call you guys Masonites, you know, and now this goes back to the days when, uh, you know, there was no uh, Kroger Superstore uh, on Tylersville Road. And, you and, could have a shotgun in your back window. <laughs> and, and, and drive to school in your yeah, John Deere yeah. tractor, right? Yeah. So it wasn't the Mason that people know now. This is this is this was a different Mason, and I don't even think there was a dent in the silo yet. Uh, or, or, or no, a cow there? flew in that thing. Uh, I forget the – that's the that's – the, 
it's what they the story. said. That's the that's story. The, that's that's the a narrative. Urban, urban legend. Somebody created that. But uh, yeah, no, no. I forget what year that tornado came through, but um, that's when it happened. Yeah. So there was yeah. no dented silo. There is no dented silo now. And, and and so this goes back a long time, and and we go back a long time. But um, you know, going back to your childhood, living here in Mason, and and obviously us staying close, spent a lot of time together at Miami University. I jokingly uh, tell my friends. Ashley and our good friend Donnie, who needs to be on this thing at some point soon, no doubt. would show up to my Village Green apartment at Miami University on a Thursday with a six-pack of Michelob uh, light and would stay until Sunday. So I don't know what they thought their rationing was. <laughs> it was perfect rent. Two Not per me. day. I don't know. Uh, but we have some good memories there. But, you know, uh, tell me a little bit about, you know, your path from not just from high school through college, but what led you, what do you think led you to what you're doing today? Man, I think, uh, you know, prior to us starting, you talked about, um, you know, pivoting, right? I, you mm -hmm. talked a lot about, and, and I think it's, it's, you know, I was an education major at Miami and I graduated with an education major and I wanted to, uh, I wanted to coach and teach. And I thought that was my path. And, and then I, um, and then I student taught and I said, well, you know what? I think I might take a, a different, a different path. And, and I always knew that, uh, I enjoyed people. I always knew that, um, you know, I was, uh, I genuinely like to, uh, meet with people, discuss and, and discuss different topics. And, and so it, it always felt like business was a, um, was, was the avenue, but I never studied business. I never, um, I never really truly understood the intricacies of what made up business. Um, so I, I dove in, right. RDI marketing, you're talking mm -hmm. about even, even, uh, and, and yeah, we worked together, we worked right. together yeah. at RDI yes. marketing yeah. right out of college. And, um, although I, you know, I wasn't, uh, you know, I, I knew that wasn't my path. I did find a passion for people in relationships. I think that's what, uh, that's, that's the genesis of, of my business career was, um, I truly liked the different aspects, um, culminating all together and trying to figure out what that model looked like to work. Mm -hmm. And so we did that early on, right? I worked at RDI Marketing for a year and a half, I, you know, and then literally I started my own business at the age of 24. And it was one of those, what we did was we, we finished Squeaky's Basement. I call him Squeaky because he handled the money, and mm -hmm. golly, I'd spend 38 cents more than I had to, and he'd be like, can you explain this? Um, but we finished his basement, and that's where our first office was, mm -hmm. and we learned grit. I mean, it was three of us. We sat down at a table. Literally, we had a processor, underwriter, and then I was the relationship guy, and so we were sitting in the, in the, in the, in the, in the basement that we literally just put up drywall, put up one of those pop-up desks, and a phone line. And so I go back to those, uh, that time and, and the humility, um, that we, uh, that it was, it was, you know, cause we came from kind of the mortgage industry to where there was a lot of, a lot of, a lot of people just throwing money around, right. Mm -hmm. Um, a lot of money cause it was during that refi boom to where, um, everybody knew it wasn't sustainable, but I mean, you know, Lucy, my dog could have got a mortgage. I mean, it was, it was crazy back then. So there was, there's a lot of opportunity, but we built our business off relationships. We were doing, um, more instead of the refi, we were probably 80% purchases. Mm -hmm. So I found value in relationships. Um, and so that's, that's really been the genesis of how I've gotten to where I am now. Did that, that kind of answer? It, it, it did. I actually go back and you're bringing up a lot of these things and 
part of this journey has been really uh, interesting for me because I'm unpacking a lot of things. And yeah, no doubt. Somebody, I had a lunch yesterday. We're, we're going to be doing some speaking engagements at uh, Miami University. So I get to go back and speak to the, uh, the Farmer School of Business there. Nice. And, uh, the, and, and ironically, the gentleman that is now, basically, he's a big part of the School of Business there. And every School of Business student has to go through his, his classes. So the 101 and the 102, I think, is what they are there. Yep. But um, his name's Dr. Justin McLaughlin. And, and he is, uh, I've known his family since, since I can remember, uh, coached his sister in fast pitch softball. And his dad was actually a wrestling coach at Liberty Junior High and then was a part of Lakota Wrestling. So... Huh. And I'm sitting there talking to him. He said, well, what, what year did you graduate? And I said, it was 99. And I'm like, oh, my gosh, that was 22 years ago. And then from there, he's like, so that means you graduated from Lakota 26 years ago. And I looked at him. I said, wow. nobody likes a counter. So stop. Yeah. Stop <laughs> but, keeping score. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, when I, when I, when I look back at all those, those years and, and what, uh, like, like Dave said, that tapestry that's, that's made me who I am, it also forces me to reflect on a lot of, of those memories, both good and bad that have really created the person that I am today. And, and what people are afraid to admit is there's good and bad. Yeah, you know, we only want to, you know, looking back to those years, I was a client of yours. And I remember those stated programs, the stated income. And no the income, no programs, asset. Baby. And, I mean, and then, Nina. Yeah, yeah. No income, no asset. Think about that. I, I mean, mean, they were literally giving mortgages with no income, no asset. And I was like, huh. And that, the whole Lehman Brothers crash happened. Oh, and, yeah, the whole... And, and you look at it, and it's like, you know, I truly believe in the world of business that you can be literally in the middle of the most painful moment of your life and think that I you think to yourself, I don't know how I'm going to get out of this. And then five years later, you look back and say, thank God that happened because it led me where I am today. Amen. And so maybe that's the pivot point for, for you right now is I know you've had those moments, but I think that the thing that has led you through those moments is that you never lost sight of trying to trying to stay true to who you were and what you wanted. It was never a matter of, oh my gosh, can I be successful? It's, I know I'm going to be successful in whatever that looks like for people. Right. It's just a matter of how am I going to get there? And so do you remember your pivot from that moment, you know, post Lehman Brothers, that was a, that was a disastrous time. Yeah. yeah. How did you kind of pivot and, and, get, and start working your way to where you are right now? Well, I got to be, you know, it, it, my faith helped out a lot, right? Getting on my knees and, and praying um, for direction and, and listening. And, um, you know, because that was, that was, uh, that forced our hand. I mean, we would go from having 50, 60 uh, mortgages and underwriting to three. And literally in an eight-week time frame. I mean, it literally, the water shut off. And um, so it, luckily I had, we had a parachute. We did pretty well. We were pretty conservative. I was single. So it wasn't like there was a there was a family I had to look after. It was it was me. Um, so when that when that happened, uh, we were also um, we were doing some uh, Hope Six work down in, in Newport, um, which was just revitalizing urban areas. So we had a so I so when you say pivot, I literally went from the mortgage company to this development firm, um, and it was it, it, you know it everything on the surface looked great, but my partners. And, um, it was, uh, we you're talking about some trials and tribulations, uh, the, it, it, it didn't go well. 
Um, like I said, on the surface, we had a $5.7 million contract, you know, the performa, everything, you know, what we're looking at looks incredible. And that was just the start of a lot uh, of a lot more contracts. Well, come to find out it wasn't going the way I planned. And, uh, I always like to talk about in 2008, um, uh, I had brain surgery. Um, my wife, my fiance at the time, um, was diagnosed with cancer. She had melanoma. We started a nonprofit. We got engaged. We got married. We got pregnant. This is all in one year. And I think there was 14 pivotal moments or, or you know, big moments, like half really good and half like, holy crap, how are we going to, what are we going to do? I mean, I shut down. I shuttered one business, started another one, found out there was some unscrupulous activity going on. And, and so literally, I, um, I, I took six months. I re- I'll never forget this. You know, here I am newly married, you know, my wife's pregnant. She got, we got pregnant on the honeymoon and I have to go to and sit down and, and talk to my wife and say, I, I'm, I'm going to take six months. <laughs> um, I'm not going to have any income. You know, I'm going to take six months and try to reinvent myself and figure out what this looks like and who I want to be and, and what do I want to do when I grow up? You know, mm-hmm. um, luckily, like I said, man, it was, it was a crucible and it was a crucible. And I, and I think about crucibles and I, especially I look back and, and, you know, to your point, you look back on that time, it was, it was hot. It was a lot of pressure. Um, there's a lot of sleepless nights. I mean, it was a lot of hard work and it was a lot of dead ends, a lot of doors being closed and I just remember there were some times where I thought to myself, like, I love being an entrepreneur, but should I just go get a job? And praise God for my wife who looked at me and said, Ashley, you're not going to be happy. You know, stay the course, continue doing what you're doing. And, um, and literally in, in 2009, that's when, um, you know, I, I, was, I read uh, ESA, which is the Energy Independent Securities Act that was enacted by Bush, and it talked about lighting retrofits. And um, sustainability was always kind of a throughput back in that late 2000s, 2009 and, and 08 and 09 and 10. Um, but, you know, being an entrepreneur, being somewhat of a, a business guy and always, you know how it is, you're always getting pitched to give money here, you know, do this. And so you always have to, things have to make financial sense. Mm-hmm. And so you read about all this sustainability stuff. So um, when I launched Eco in late... Uh, 09 and 2010, you know, my creed was, I am going to make sure that it is anything that we do inside the here is cause and cost. And so it, it's anybody wants to be good, you know, stewards of the environment, but we also have to make sure it makes financial sense. Mm-hmm. So that's, that's where we launched um, eco development and man, it's been a fun ride. It's been a fun ride. So there's an old saying, it's actually a book. Um, I don't know if you've heard of it. It's called anti-fragile. If you were to say somebody, uh, what do you think anti-fragile means? They would probably say durable, right? The opposite of fragile. When in reality, the, the whole crux of, of the point that, that he's making is that anti-fragile is not just the opposite of fragile, but it's actually imagine a giant tree in the front of your yard, right? That gets uprooted after a huge storm. You know, that is a terrible situation. But what happens is in some scenarios, if, if that is an anti-fragile situation, there's going to be stronger and better seed that's put in that hole where the tree was and a bigger and stronger tree is going to grow in that, in that, in that same spot. That's, that resonated with me sure. because I, I'm kind of in a moment like that right now. Um, uh, now, 
it wasn't cancer. It wasn't, it wasn't brain <laughs> surgery, yeah. uh, unemployed. Yeah. <laughs> it, it, by the way, engaged. Yeah. Like you're talking about, you can like check off for the top 10 things that can happen in life that can wreck your world. Right. And you did it all in 12 months and then decided in that moment, I'm anti-fragile. Yeah. And that takes a lot of courage and it takes a lot of conviction, by the way. Uh, we always bring that back to the forefront, but you know, for me to, to, to look at somebody and say, wow, you are where you are. And I would say that one of the main drivers of that is pain, because if we don't, if we don't feel that pain, if we're not forced to deal with that, that the, 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 the roughed up knees, cause we fell down a little bit. Sometimes it's not enough to get you to think about what those changes are. There's no doubt. And I would, I would argue, so you, you say, okay, in 09 and 10 is, is kind of the genesis of that whole deal. And I remember talking to you about it back then. In fact, our previous guest, me, you and Dave, sitting at Kid Coffee and, and, and trying to figure out how we can create a networking group. We're sharing everything oh, that's yeah, going on. Yeah. And you had a lot of plate spinning, almost to the point where you may, may or may not admit, but I can almost tell, like, kind of like me, we're like, we got this great big vision. And we're like, oh, we can do everything. And they're like, wait a minute, we can't, we can do anything, but we can't do everything. Right. And then you were able to hone in, right? So how, like, how many pivots do you think you've had, even since what you would look at in 09 and 010 was, was an absolute, you know, I would say uh, just epiphany where you, you were able to really say, wow, this is a vision. This is something I, I'm passionate about. But since then, how much has changed? Sheesh. I mean, you know, again, if you look at, I, I, and I really enjoy doing this. I like looking back in 09 and, and 10 and, and looking at where we started. Um, I, Alona was our first receptionist, and she worked at Subway right across the street. And in our office, uh, she was from California, so she saw eco-development, and she thought, you know, this is a company. You know, so she was, she was definitely into the sustainability side, and she would knock on our door almost every day. And I look at her and say, Alona, I, I don't, you know, we can't pay you. <laughs> we don't have money to pay you right now. And then finally, I think it was after three weeks, I said, I'm hiring her. You know, if, if she is this persistent and she wants to work here this bad, she is going to be a good company person. We hired Alona. And it was so cool to watch when we hired Alona. I mean, I think we paid her 250 bucks a week. I mean, it was, you know, and it was part-time. But, man, what she was able to do in regards to marketing, her skill set was incredible. And her skill set literally took our company and we were able to hand things to her and it would look like a, a professional marketing company did it. Mm -hmm. And so I go back and I look at all of those little pivots and people, right? It's, you know, uh, Chase Khan. You know, Chase is, uh, you know, right out of college. I sat down with him at Kid Coffee and, you know, um, we, we recognize, hey, we need someone out, you know, champion in, in business development. And I've known Chase, you know, through some golf. And, um, and I sat down with Chase. And I said, Chase, I mean, I don't know what we can pay you, um, but I'd love to entertain you sit down and, and, and telling you more about our company. And I'll never forget, he had the opportunity to go, um, you know, he was going to be a medical sales rep. And which, you know, I think was a good base, which was, you know, all these bells and whistles. And I'm looking at him going, I don't know what I can pay you, but you're in a startup, bud. And I can mm -hmm. tell you the, you know, the, the perks of being early mm -hmm. and it's paid off for the young man. And so now we've grown this thing. And so you ask about pivots, man, there's been, there's been so many. There's mm -hmm. been so many, but, um, you know, it's been people we've added people. And, you know, I think we have 
25 employees right now. And I stand up uh, at our Christmas party every year and, and I look around the room and I say, you know, guys, this is what gets me up. This is what gets me um, doing business because it's not just me and my family now mm-hmm. or, or Kevin, my business partner's family. It's 25 other families. Yeah. And I know you feel that. Um, and so, yeah, the, you know, my my pivots have been is when to add people, when to build. And, you know, you know, we've gone from, you know, always like talking about a recycling world. We went from trading commodities, never touching it. Now we have an 80,000 square foot, you know, facility in Mason, Ohio, to where we are the third largest uh, recycler of styrofoam in the country. Mm-hmm. And I'm thinking, talking about a pivot. I mean, who would ever thought that I would be recycling styrofoam? But we sell 40 to 50 containers a month of densified styrofoam to Spain, to Canada, to Korea, to Malaysia. And it's, it's nuts, right? Mm-hmm. And so that I always, the, the recycling side has been something that, you know, it's just been, uh, it's been fun to watch. It's been fun to grow and, and, you know, major kudos. I think you brought it up of understanding, you know, I brought on a business partner, um, Kevin, and we're yin and yang. Mm-hmm. I mean, literally, you know, and mm-hmm. I know, but, um, I love the guy to death and he's been, he allows me, we always talk. I mean, in this office, it's like he, my pastor's this whole office and his is his desk, right? Mm-hmm. He understands his lane, my lane. And so it's been uh yeah. So there's been so many different pivots, but, um, but again, you know, there's, there's a consistency there and that's been uh, the foot of the cross for me. It's kind of funny you bring that up because I think one of I, what I hope comes out of, of this is that people can grab little pieces of, of things that you say and things that I say, yep. and they can it, it'll be a moment for them. We've had a lot of those moments. I get them sometimes in the morning if I'm a heck if we're reading if you're reading scripture or if you're reading sure. just a book or sometimes it could be just, just driving down the road and looking right. at the sun right something I'll cry you. I'm yeah. like man I'm getting old I know I told yeah. Dave I was like I, I, how does the office make me cry yeah. like, <laughs> you know somehow Stop watching Michael that Scott movie. has actually made me cry you know like I'm getting soft at 43 but uh but you know it, it's it's one of those things where um for, for us as business people, okay, and you talk about the yin and the yang, you and Kevin, and I have had a lot of conversations with you and Kevin, I think a crucial mistake that people make, both when they're running businesses and when they're just operating within their own space, um, I would say this about coaches sometimes too, is that naturally you can look at the Enneagram, you can look at the insight uh, you know, personality tests and all the Colby tests, all these tests that are out there, right? And what happens is, is you are naturally drawn and attracted to people that are like you, okay? So I've seen it in our business where somebody says, well, I want to hire this person. I want to bring this person in to work under me or be my uh, staff person, a support person. And it's the same personality because an analytical person wants to be able to communicate and work with an analytical person. You know, the outgoing person, the, uh, I would say in, in the, in the insight, the, the high red, high yellow, I would say even you, you're the same way you've got high green compassion, yep. you know, we're drawn to that. So, but if you and I said, oh, let's partner on something. And that was the only two people we had, there'd be a lot of stuff not getting done. <laughs> There's know? no doubt. And so my advice is that that is, that is a crucial acknowledgement and, and self-awareness yeah, to no say, doubt. I need somebody a, that will challenge me and not be threatened by that. And, and somebody that is a little bit different than me, because uh, similar to a relationship in your in your home, you better have some complementary styles, or you're gonna you're gonna realize real quickly that it ain't gonna work. Yeah, and I think also um, <clears throat> uh, Beth and I we were at 
couples camp, you know, it's this thing Crossroads does and it takes you out to the, you know, you hike in, you know, it, the first one we went to, I thought, oh my goodness, this is going to be a disaster. And now my wife thinks she's like, she's the, the outdoors, woman, right. which is awesome. I love it. But we were sitting there and uh, you mentioned that, right? It's the, the relationship even with um, at home with your wife. And it was, we were sitting there and we were having dialogue after wine time and, and trying to understand um, kind of each other. And it's epiphany. You used that word early. It, it literally went off. And I think why Beth and I work so well, at least from my standpoint, I think, I hope she would agree with me. Is like, there's so much trust there in regards to her intentions. We're going to completely disagree mm-hmm. on a lot of things, but I can receive that because I trust her intentions. I trust that what she's bringing to the table is something that she truly believes is going to advance our cause, mm-hmm. advance our family, advance our, our parenting, our spirituality, whatever. And I can translate that into a business partner. Mm-hmm. I mean, literally, me and Kevin think completely different, but I trust the guy. I trust the guy. I trust his intentions that what he's bringing to the table is going to be, it's, I, I, it's going to challenge me. But it's also, that's good. It gets, gets me out of my lane a little bit. Some, you know, we talked about it earlier, being uncomfortable. And you need that, right? Because mm-hmm. if you had the exact same person, you know what you're going to do. Um, and so, you know, having that trust and having and that understanding that um, although it might be a different mindset or a different opinion, whatever, um, they're coming at it with, with their intentions that are, that are good, mm-hmm. that are good to advance the ball. Yep. And so that's, you know, that's, I think a lot. And, you know, when you're, we're talking about, you know, the, uh, the, the partnership and whatever that looks like in business, even relationships with clients, right? Like um, if they trust you and your intentions to do the right thing and, and try to truly help them, then it just makes, um, you know, it, it, it makes doing business more fruitful. Mm-hmm. Um, it, tr- it creates true relationship. Mm-hmm. And so that's what we try to do. Yeah. Day in and day out. And the word that comes to my mind as you're talking is, is harmony, you know? Yes, yeah. And, and so, you know, and I will say this again, not everybody that's listening to this knows, knows you as well as I do, obviously. But the one thing I will say about you is that you, you, we all have our weaknesses, but one of your strengths has always been that you have always had a kind and compassionate heart, you know, and you've never, I'm never going to see you out and, and have anything other than, you know, whatever you used to call me, Clark Barr, like whatever your nicknames were for me. And it was always whether we were on the field and we've had our disagreements, yeah, you know, and, and, um, but we, we quickly realized like, you know, we're two alpha males, so that's going to happen. Yep. But the one thing that's always been constant in, in my paradigm and how I view you is your heart. You know, that's always been pure. It's always been, it's always been giving gracious and, and kind really. Um, and, but I, I would say this, so that is a good pivot here because, you know, we talk about business and that's important and everything, but you know, the other thing that we have in common is we're very, very involved in our communities. You know, I've talked a lot on this about, I think I've coached, if I do the math, I think I've coached over 32 different seasons since I was 17 years old. Cause I started coaching at like 17 or 18 and that covers wrestling, fast pitch, baseball, uh, hold your breath, soccer. Uh, <laughs> like I don't know yeah. how it was like a no, Ted Lasso no. moment. Like they brought me in to make sure I fail so they could bring the better guy in. But, yeah. uh, but you know, it, it's one of those things where, um, we talk about authentic conviction and here's the sad 
reality to what people say is, well, yeah, everybody's got to have their own conviction because that's just who they are. But I would say that there's this old, this old saying I always tell my kids, and I don't know if they know what it means yet, but familiarity breeds contempt. And a lot of times people want to surround themselves by people that will wallow in their misery, you yeah. know, and I do what it's called triangulate. If I got enough friends where, you know, person at the bottom left of the triangle is making me mad so I can go up to the top point of the triangle and say, can you believe what Billy said? And that's now my common thread. And so I'm building my own conviction, but it's done as a house of cards yep. because I'm just getting, uh, I'm getting fueled up and fed by people that are also fueling up and feeding off of negativity and crashing others down. Um, Laura Goodwin put this on LinkedIn the other day. She said, you know, don't extinguish somebody else's candle to make yours burn brighter because it doesn't work that way. No. You know, actually the room lights up when there's more candles being lit. And so, you know, I, I think that, yeah, people may think they have their own conviction, but I don't know if they realize it, it, in, in all times in life, and I think we, we, we would fall into this, that realization and self-awareness and accountability to say, maybe my, my conviction is being built the wrong way with the wrong people around me, you know? So for you, I know that you've always been aware of the people that you surround yourself with. I call it on the show, I call it taking friend inventory. And, and so for you, how is your involvement in the community? What are the things that you are involved in and, and how has that helped you avoid that familiarity breeds contempt in a bad way, but surround yourself with people that have made you better and stronger? I knew you were going to make me go there. <laughs> right. I, I have, I have the pleasure of sitting on, on, I serve on Mason city council. Right. Mm -hmm. And I'm not, we're not going to go down this rabbit hole, but goodness gracious, being involved in the community and understanding, you know, the dynamics that's, that's going on right now. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> and I always look at these things and, you know, it's in, in the, the black and white of what's happening is like, come on folks. That's, that's not how this world works. Right. And so like you, 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 you get involved in these things. And, um, you know, I, I always say like, I don't care if you're an R or a D, but if you look at Congress at like 95% of the stuff they get along with, and we choose to, we choose to, you know, uh, get behind the keyboard and, and fight over the 5%. And so I've been, you know, inside that, uh, the, I've never been, you know, in, in this realm to where people like are so convicted over their, their views. Right. Mm -hmm. I mean, and it is, that is crazy to me mm -hmm. because I mean, I, you know, one, you know, one of my favorite acronyms is love, encourage, accept, and forgive. Right. It's, it's leaf. And, and for me, I look at that to where, man, if I, if I'm hanging out with the same people, what am I going to have to forgive about? Mm -hmm. Right? Like mm -hmm. it's going to, it's a lot harder to love someone if, if there are differences, right? right? It's, it's hard to encourage someone if there are differences. So I love to, I, I've, I've always been, you know, uh, one of the best um, compliments I've ever heard. And it was from uh, one of my favorite people ever. It was Victor kid. And uh, he stood up and he was introducing me and he said, and I say this with, with humility in my heart, but he said, Ashley, he doesn't care if you're, if you're Bill Gates or you're a homeless person on the street, you're going to get treated the exact same way, or he's going to treat you the exact same way. And, you know, for me that, you know, that, uh, that's, that's resonated with me mm -hmm. and that sticks in my, in my crawl everywhere I go to where, you know, I want to expand, like, you know, I don't, like I said, I want to expand what someone is convicted about. And because guess what, as you said, if they can pull something out of what you and I are saying, and if I can pull something out of someone that thinks differently than me, 
that's great, right? Now mm-hmm. we're expanding. We're expanding our understanding. We're expanding our 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 ability to be empathetic. You mm-hmm. know, because you know we're going to understand somebody's plight. We're going to understand where somebody's coming from. Um, you know, my wife's tutoring one of our guys at 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 the warehouse, and he looked at her the other day and says, "You know, Beth, I I I went to my teachers and told them I couldn't read." And they didn't listen, you know? So here's, so I think about that, right? You think about that, that, that aspect of life to where, man, let's listen to people that are, that are telling us this and, and you're going to be able to learn from them. Mm -hmm. So, you know, my involvement in the community, I'm right there with you. You know, I, I, I coach, um, you know, like I said, I serve on council. I have a committee, I have nonprofit boards that I serve on and I thoroughly enjoy it. Mm -hmm. I really do. It's kind of my, it's kind of my jam. I, I enjoy people. I enjoy you know, the different dynamics of what makes up somebody. And um, I have my convictions. I have my belief structures. I have, you know, where I, I believe, you know. Um, but at the same time, that doesn't mean I'm going to turn someone off just because they think differently. Right. So I think it's, you know, I think that's, you know, a lost art a little bit. Yeah. You know, everybody is just one camp or the other. And it's, you know, it just that's if you really want to piss me off, that's an easy way of doing it because it drives me <laughs> yeah. crazy. I'm like, yeah. man, there's so much to learn. Yep. And and I, I've always said, you know, if, if if we could start from a place and by the way, here here's the here's the challenge for guys like us. We're so driven and we're so confident in our in whatever it is that we're doing or saying that we won't allow ourselves to think otherwise sometimes. There's so no that's doubt. a natural challenge for us, right? <laughs> Ask my wife, right? <laughs> so, so, so you got to kind of get out of that emotional state, yeah. that amygdala state, and get into the prefrontal cortex state, which is logical. And then that logical side can say, slow it down, slow the emotion down. This person is telling you something, they're listening. And 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 it's taken me a long time to realize this, but oh. like, let's just say, and this is something I'm working on a lot, and I, I, I want Rebecca to hear this too, because... I'm not saying this in private. This is going out on iTunes or Spotify or wherever. Like whoever wants to tune into this can listen, right? Yep. But if my wife is coming to me and saying to me, this is bothering me, this is hurting me. And in my first 10 years of my marriage, I would, I would be like, that's, that's crap. I'm not doing that. No, that's not true. But I'm immediately like defending something instead of saying, if it matters to her, if it's bothering her, then it should matter to me. No doubt. Right? Like yep. my Angela said, I may not always remember what you say, but I'll always remember how it made me feel. No doubt. And I think that that lesson is is v- invaluable for not just from a business perspective, but from, from a marriage, from a relational perspective. Yeah. But the thing that, that is important is, and so springs around the corner. Thank goodness, right? Amen. And you're going to go out and you're going to, and you got a little landscaping background, right? Yeah. You're, you're like a Swiss army knife. But, yeah. you know, I'm going to go out of my patio and, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to look at things, right? And the first thing that we do is we're looking for all the things that we need to fix. It's called spring cleaning. Yep. Do you clean things that are already clean or do you clean things <laughs> that are dirty? Right. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And so if you, if you imagine this patio that was just blossoming last July, right, June and July, and then you look at it now, it's a little depressing. It's like, you know what? It needs a little TLC. We're going to go out and look at it. And I'm going to focus on the things that, that need my attention. And so all too often, all we want to do, whether it's us talking politically or religiously or whatever, is we just want to focus on everything that, that is, is appealing to our eye. We don't want to look at the nasty weeds over here to the side. And I think that what, and, and Gary Vee is one of those guys that is, I listen to his stuff and, and he's, and they asked him a question about, 
you know, if you had a, a situation with somebody that is like either trolling you and saying bad things about you, which he gets a lot, you know, and, and we've, you know, we've gone through life, had people say things about oh, yeah. us, whether no it was doubt. justified or not. It's is, sin. And it's easy now, right? I mean, oh, it's very easy. You got two thumbs and a phone. Heck, you probably do it with one thumb yeah. or zero. I don't or you can speak into it. Speak into it. Anyway, all you have a device, you can just send a message to the world and somebody may or may not believe it, right? They're going to they're gonna discern it, whether it's true or not. Is, is he says, you know, the biggest challenge that we have as people that want to serve others is that instead of getting defensive and upset about it, if you know who you are, which comes back to conviction, is to actually find empathy for that person. Because if they're willing to do that, they got some bad stuff going inside of them, you know? So for you, I'm sure you've had moments where you've had to like turn off that defensive mode and be like, I got to show you some empathy here because if you're saying something, like that, if you're going through a bad time and you're coming to me like that, you got to have something bad going on. It's the first place I go now. I mean, I know you probably had moments like that in your life. Oh, geez. <clears throat> Excuse me. I, you know, we've had three heroin addicts live in our basement, you mm -hmm. know? So you're talking about empathy and you're, you're talking about, I have no clue what they have dealt with, the demons that they have dealt with. Mm -hmm. And, and there's times to where, you know, I want to lash out and um, yeah. So you Oh my gosh. Yeah. You bring up, yeah, there's, there's, I, I certainly, um, I have learned that I, mm -hmm. I've tried to, uh, because I've tried it the other way. Right. And it doesn't work. Um, and so when we talk about empathy and that's truly putting yourself in their shoes and sometimes it's, you know, alpha males, it's, it's hard to do that. And sometimes it's like, suck it up, you know, and then that's where I, you know, there's a few times where we're talking about conviction, like how I would parent my son. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. And I, I dodo my daughters and I love and kiss and hug them. And, and my son, it's kind of more of like, suck it up. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Right. But understanding like he's still 10 years old, mm -hmm. he's still nine years old. He's still, you know? And, um, so yeah, man, that, I think that is crucial. I think that is, um, uh, understanding that and that, and, 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 and I love the word empathy. I mean, I just think because that is, it's putting yourself in someone's shoes to understand where they're coming from. And instead of, you know, you brought up, you know, with uh, your lovely bride is like, you know, instead of trying to fix it or trying to, I, or I'm not doing that. Well, if they're bringing it up, they feel you're doing it right. And it mm -hmm. might be that emotion. And so you better address it because it is one of those things that could, you know, it can, it can, it, uh, I've love and respect book, right? Yep. That crazy cycle. Yeah. I, and I can relate that to marriage. I can relate that to business. I can relate that to everything. Right. And if there is, you get on that crazy cycle, it can be tough to get off of. Mm -hmm. Um, but humility and empathy can certainly help you do that. And I think, I, uh, so those of you that don't know that what he's talking about. Um, so it's the whole idea that, and I would actually, the, the one caveat I would put to that is, I don't think it's it's exclusively not that maybe it's implying that, but I think in general it's basically saying men and women in that sure. in that, in that yeah, regard. No. I actually think that that everybody is is conditioned differently. We all have our different love languages. We all want to be communicated with differently and dealt with differently. And the idea is that is that uh, for this example, um, Rebecca just sent me that video by the way. And the love and respect, the video? love and respect oh, yeah, video yeah. is that you my know, favorite book is 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 you know women you know, are, are, are they, they want to feel loved and men want to feel respected. But the idea is, is that if, if a woman doesn't feel loved, then she's not going to give respect. And if a man doesn't feel respected, he's not going to give love. So was it the chicken or the egg? First, yeah, right? no doubt. And no so, doubt. That's a, 
But That's the, a conundrum, right? That's right. A, I mean, it is. That's right. crazy. But the tiebreaker is that, you know, we are called to love first as men. And if we know that, that, that we're trying to do our best to love somebody the right way, but we're not getting the respect, then maybe we need to look in the mirror and figure out a better way to love that's worthy of respect. And what a great message that is, wow. right? And I think that that applies to the workplace. I think it applies to, applies to relationships. And even for me, like, uh, you know, business partnerships. Like, naturally, I you know, again, you and I aren't afraid to take chances, right? And yep. we might have eight plates spinning and four might fall down. But naturally, if I think something's a good opportunity, I'd rather share it with people that are close to me and that I can do life with, right? Yeah. If something were to go awry in that partnership, and for right or wrong, right? Because words travel fast and sometimes they're not always accurate, you know, is to say, hey, wait a minute. I, this is what I'm thinking. This is what I'm feeling. Let's have a conversation about this. Instead of immediately jumping to that conclusion is to saying there's, again, a balance between love and respect, right? But, but that I think in the middle of that is, is truth and honesty and, and kind of finding your conviction because it might be, you know what? I really screwed that up. And I'm sorry, you know, yeah. we can get through that, but it's hard to repair friendships when you don't honor that love and respect, you know, and it, this is more, most applicable at home, obviously. Right, right. It is. And it, again, you know, but I think you can translate that into all aspects of life. And you said truth and honesty. And, you know, I, um, to take it even a, st a step further is like truth and grace, mm -hmm. right? Like I'm going to tell you something that's probably going to be hurtful and you might not want to hear, but I want to be able to deliver that with grace mm -hmm. with the, with to where, you know, that, um, there is, there's, there's love behind it. Um, there is because I care about our relationship behind it opposed to, I'm not saying something to hurt you. Mm -hmm. I'm saying something, um, you know, with truth, but with grace. Mm -hmm. And I think that is, I think that is a recipe. If you go into, I mean, being business owners, there's times where you have to have difficult, you know, discussions, mm -hmm. um, and, and all aspects of it. Right. And, but if you go into it with the mindset of truth and grace, it's hard to lose. Mm -hmm. It's hard to lose because the person that's receiving the truth can sense that grace. Right. So I think that is, um, I think that's extremely important truth, honesty, but sometimes the truth, grace side of things. Um, and when we're dealing with it, there's going to be conflict mm -hmm. and, you know, Rocky, I, I like to quote him. It says, you know, he's talking to his son and says, life's not all sunshine and rainbows. Mm -hmm. We all know that mm -hmm. it's going to knock you to your knees and it's not how many times you get knocked down, but how many times you get back up. Right. So, um, that is, uh, you know, that the, the truth and grace thing to me is along with the, with the love and respect of being able to translate that into all aspects of life, because you can isolate it. You know, I can, I can keep that at home and, and, and uh, try to do that and, and function as well as I can inside the house with my wife and, and my kids, mm -hmm. but why not take that into, into the workplace? Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, I love it. And, um, in, in our, in our closing minutes here, I know you've got a hard stop here. Um, but you're in the hot seat now. Okay. All right. This this is this is called the Authentic Conviction Podcast. Yep. So I want to ask you one simple question. Okay. Uh, tell me the uh, two, three, or four things that you absolutely love about yourself that make you different. My name's Ashley, and we have to qualify that one, Mister. That, that, that was that was a no. You're trying two, to buy time yeah, yeah, there. Yeah, yeah, When you say simple and hot seat together, that doesn't that doesn't really uh, uh, oil and water, but that's good. Um, two or three things that um, I mentioned it. 
and, and like I said, I say this with humility in my heart, but you know, I truly try to treat people with respect regardless of who they are. Mm-hmm. That is, that's something I've always done. Um, you know, I don't know if there was ever training in that besides, you know, my relationship with God. Um, you know, humility is, is something that I, I, I try to strive towards. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, I, I fall, I fall short a lot, but, uh, so that is, that's one, that's, that's something that I, I truly, um, I work and strive towards as much as I possibly can. Um, something else that makes me different, um, it's, I have to notice something here, right? Yeah, yeah. What is it, isn't it crazy how hard this is to do? Yeah, yeah. Well, I, I named one. Well, I know. But, but you that, said two or three if you would have just let me name one. You named the one after you paused and, ho- and, yeah, and, yeah, and, yeah. and him and him. Here's why I say that. Yeah. We want this to be a project for people to realize that it's okay to identify things that separate you. But we're conditioned in our society to not do that. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I could name... 10, I already did earlier. I mean, I could name 10 things right sure. off the bat. Same that, thing, right? For right. you. Yeah, that's... And it's like, but but we can't do it. Yet we will enter into a business conversation or a business relationship. Or if somebody were to, if you were right now at CNN call, just say, hey, we are whoever, uh, Energy Development TV, and, and said, Ashley, we hear you're, you're just the ambassador of this whole movement in the Midwest, you know, like, uh, you know, what, what, tell me a little bit about what's going on and whatever you would say, well, you know, w- w- we're the difference. Yeah. We, as people, yeah. we are the, we make the difference. There's products everywhere, but we make sure that we do X, Y, and Z, right? Like we say that, but then we don't go, uh, to a granular fashion to say, okay, well then what are those things that make us different? Sure. It's sure. easy to say it and you know, it's in there, right? but you're conditioned otherwise. Yeah. Or yeah, if I said, tell me three things right now that you, that you admire and love about Beth. Yeah. Go easy. I mean, she's probably, she's a rock. She's smart. She's beautiful. I mean, she absolutely is. I mean, she's, she, she's our glue, right? I mean, that's easy. That's, Benevolent. Oh gosh. She's, yeah, she's biggest heart that I know. I mean, um, you know, that, that you're right. It, it's kind of like the prayer of Jabez, right? It's that prayer of Jabez to where, you know, it teaches you in chronology. It says, you know, you better pray for yourself first. Because if you don't get your heart right, you don't get yourself right. What good is it to pray for anyone else, mm-hmm. yep. right? So yep. that's that's that kind of that uh, that falls in line with that stance of. But it's and sometimes maybe that is a downfall of an extrovert, right? Mm-hmm. I'm always you know it's always out and about and doing things and opposed to truly you know taking time to slow down and and, and looking inward. Mm-hmm. And, and and maybe that you know the authentic conviction is is something that that's I think that should um, certainly lend or at least challenge people to do. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know you just Joe and good your true form and fashion you just challenged me to do it. So well, we're um, gonna check back in because all right, time, good. I don't good. Want I any hesitation be, because I'm tell you something. Did I do I'm good a, enough for Beth? By the way, you, you're, <laughs> you're welcome. By the way, you're welcome. You can you can take me. Yeah, you can yeah. buy a couple pints for that yeah. one day. But but I will tell you that. Uh, the one thing I will say about you is that the reason I struggle with something similar, and I and this is not in a self righteous way, nor am I saying this to 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 blow you up in a, in an incorrect way. This is absolutely valid. Is that you fill your tank by filling others? Yeah, and and that is something for me. I think is also it's a great thing, right? But it can also be a weakness because it, is it, it it you're so focused on others and what's going on around you that you don't take enough time to focus on yourself. And, and, and that's a struggle that I have as well. Um, so there's that moment in, in the office where Michael Scott gets asked, you know, what are your biggest weaknesses? And he says, 
Well, I mean, I actually think that my strengths are actually my biggest weaknesses. I <laughs> yeah. care too much. I work yeah. too hard, you know, yeah. so I'm not coming at it from that angle. Right. That's I get it. I get funny, it. But yeah. like, uh, but no, this has been great, man. I will tell you that the work that you're doing in the community, um, you had to have conviction with, with some of the things that you've been dealing with over the last year or two. And, and, you know, even going back to your, your year of, of, of all the things, all your trials and tribulations, but your tenacity, tenacity, your persistence and your steadfast approach to everything that you're doing obviously has to carry conviction. So you are an absolute poster child for this. And, uh, it's been great having you, man. I really it's been appreciate fun. it. Yeah, this is, this is, um, this is my first podcast. So I feel, you know, Hopefully I met expectations, but I, I love you and obviously love to sit down and, and chat with you because, you know, talking about a, a poster child, I think I would, you should look in the mirror at that. So in regards to conviction and because we've had those discussions, I mean, mm -hmm. we've been down in the, we've been in the trenches and mm -hmm. we've had real, real discussions about what are we going to do? And, uh, you know, and I think you've done it, man. So yeah. thank you. And, um, you know, I look forward to maybe a follow-up. And I can give my favorite line that people used to yell. So we get to oh, we yeah. get a few Al Bundy lines here. But back in our day, before we we hurt ourselves moving chairs and <laughs> slipping on sidewalks, and we'll be walking around in canes. Uh, old Ashley and I could play a little middle infield. And we were playing ball, and, and it was funny because when we were playing, uh, when we were done playing college baseball, we got into competitive softball and learned that was a whole different world. Totally right? different world, yeah. But it only took us a little bit to get used to it. And so whether it was you at short and me at second, or me at short and you at second, or whatever the combination was. Uh, they, and anytime somebody would get a runner on first in competitive games, what would they yell? Stay out of the middle. <laughs> Stay because away they from knew the they were going to get doubled up. There's like a 90% chance if it was, if there was an opportunity to turn a double play. Yeah. There's no doubt. Stay yeah. out of the middle. Stay out of the middle. That so, was pretty good. Anyway, that was uh, always fun to hear, right? Oh, I loved you it. know, you're sitting there, you gotta, yeah, it kind of gives you a smile. Well, like, we would always speak over at each yeah, other. Yeah, and, no doubt. and then of course the, the idiot up to bat would hit a two hopper at one of us. <laughs> and it was, it was two outs really quickly. But, uh, anyway, you, you definitely aren't in the middle. You're, you're at the top, man. And I and appreciate, I appreciate this. It's been great. And I look forward to hearing this, man. So, uh, yeah, no doubt. Cheers. Love you like a brother, man. Love you too, man. Appreciate right. it.